brothers and sisters in Christ. This is another Liberty from Captivity podcast. I am your host, Kelly Ward. And today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. And this is episode number 11. The title of this show is Deliverance Basic Series Part 8, Post-Deliverance and Series Wrap-Up. And this is going to be the last podcast of this foundational basic series. And uh, so I just want to do a quick recap from episode number 10. Uh, In that episode, we talked about the overall deliverance process of getting rid of demons. And I recommended some beginner books on deliverance, which I highly recommend that you get for your own library. Uh, The focus, though, was more on self-deliverance and not so much on on teaching you how to get others delivered. Our battle is at the lowest level of darkness, which are the demons, uh, and that does not include going directly to battle against a principality. I provided signs of demonic manifestation. I also discussed the concept of a head demon and how they form a hierarchy over the lower level demons under them. We also talked about how demons put up spiritual resistance before deliverance to discourage you from warfare. We also talked about how to engage the enemy by providing biblical examples on how to cast out a demon. And of course, we do this by using your voice and your authority and just simply commanding them to leave just like Jesus did. As demons leave, there may be physical signs that they are leaving, like burping, coughing, yawning. Those things are quite normal, although you may not get any signs at all, and that's okay. And I gave a final example of how to cast out a demon with some practical steps. Well, again, as I mentioned, this is going to be the last episode in this Deliverance Basics series, Uh, so we have reached an important milestone in this. And, uh, and I really hope that this will be a, um, a, a real benefit to those of you who are listening and to those whom God is going to bring to this ministry at a later date. So in this show, I want to provide some keys to maintaining your deliverance. Most of these concepts are concepts that I learned while I was serving at deliverance ministries in Oklahoma City. So I want to give them credit for the bulk of the material here that I'm about to give you. And if I sound like I'm nasally or congested, it's because I am. I'm still recovering from COVID, and thank God that I didn't have any serious effects from it, but I'm still coughing and have some some congestion, so uh, please bear with me on that. So one thing that you need to know now that you are free is it's likely that you may have friends, acquaintances, or family members that may attempt to influence you, and I mean this in a negative way. It may be, for example, a friend who wants you to go out and drink again, or that girlfriend who wants you to have sex outside of marriage. Maybe it's someone you know who wants you to gossip. It could be even a family member or a spouse who wants to provoke you into an argument. If and when this happens, just know that this is a demonic assignment and that the enemy is trying to get you to open a door. The demons left, but the enemy knows your weaknesses. They know that they can't make you sin, but they can apply pressure to you and get you to open a door, and then they can come right back in, and that's what they want to do. If you look at the whole armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, most of the weapons listed there are defensive, but the sword of the Spirit is an offensive weapon. The demons will fight you, but you must fight back. 
One of the problems with people who go through deliverance is that they don't maintain it. They get the help they need, but sometimes they aren't equipped for future battles. Again, deliverance ministries are good, but the fight we are in is not just a one-time event. This will be a lifetime commitment for you. If you want to remain free, you need to know how to fight for yourself. And with that, I want to give you some information on staying free. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but it is a good starting place. Most of the material that I'm using that I'm going to present to you here is what I learned while I was serving at Deliverance Ministries. So the way I'm going to present this to you is I'm going to give you the eight keys to staying free that I learned while serving at Deliverance Ministries. Following those eight keys, I'm going to give you, I think it's about seven or so considerations to add to that list. So there's probably going to be roughly around 14, 15 or so items that you can use. So I would highly recommend that maybe you get a, uh, a pen and, and paper and write these down or type them out or however it is that you want to, to document these things. And I think they will all be very beneficial to you. So the way I'm going to do this is, is I'm going to give you the, the keys or the suggestions, and then I'm going to follow them up with some Bible verses that will help you. So let's start with the eight keys that I learned to staying free. Number one is you must read the Bible. The Bible is God's instruction manual to Christian living, but it's more than just an instruction manual because you have to have a relationship with Him as well. You see, the Holy Spirit moves into your heart at conversion, and He will teach you the Word. But you need to take the responsibility and learn the Bible for yourself and let Him guide you through it all. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16-17 through 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. John chapter 14, verse 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Number two is you must pray and have a prayer life. The simplest definition of prayer that I can think of is it's simply just talking to God. I suggest getting to a point where you pray daily and multiple times a day. I would highly suggest, if you can, to pray very early in the morning when it's very quiet before you get started with your day so that you can spend time alone with Him without distraction. This is part of cultivating a relationship with our Creator and our King of Kings. Give Him your time your thoughts, your feelings, your desires, and your dreams. Learn to listen for His voice, too. And that will indeed take some practice to discern His voice and distinguish it from your own voice and from the enemy. This is why it's so vitally important to know the Bible, because God will never tell you to do something that is contradictory to what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication, to that end, be alert with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Number three, you must worship Him. Worshiping God involves things like thanking Him, praising Him with, uh, with songs of worship, and honoring Him by your actions and thought life, etc. John chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. You worship what you do not know, 
We know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Yet the hour is coming and is here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Number four, you must have fellowship with other believers. I know that there are some Christians who say they don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And while I understand that notion, there is something significant about being part of the body of Christ. I highly discourage Lone Ranger Christianity. There's definitely safety in numbers, and it's easy for the devil to pick off Christians who are wandering on their own. And besides that, if you truly love God, you will make it a point to go to church and learn more about Him, to send under a pastor, to get involved in church, and to be involved maybe in some sort of a ministry. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but let us exhort one another, especially as you see the day approaching. Number five, you must keep the doors closed to the enemy. The enemy will try to get you to open doors. If a direct frontal attack won't work against you, he will try some other approach. I have seen this several times in my own life. And be prepared for it to be something unexpected too. Of course, it won't catch God by surprise, but it may catch you by surprise. To keep the doors closed, simply maintain a repentant lifestyle. If you sin in some way, be quick to repent. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give place to the devil. And I realize that these verses are talking about anger. However, I think the application can be made for any any sin in your life that the enemy wants you to open the door to. So I think that the point is in verse 27 says, do not give place to the devil. Number six, you must resist the devil, but you cannot resist him alone. James chapter four, verse seven states that you must submit to God first, then resist the devil. But the point is, is that you must resist him continually. James chapter four, verse seven Therefore, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober and watchful, because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Number seven, you must make declarations using Scripture. And I suggest doing this on a daily basis, especially when the enemy is attacking you the most. These will build you up spiritually. The Bible is replete with many wonderful verses that can help you in specific circumstances too. If you have a specific situation you need to make declarations over, I highly suggest buying a Promise Bible. They are broken down by category. For example, if you need provision, there are verses listed about provision that you can pray over. Or perhaps maybe you struggle with anger. The point is, is that you can find those verses and apply those to your situation and say them out loud, just like Jesus did when the devil tempted him three times 
as shown in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And of course, I'm not going to cover those right now, but if you want to know more about those, you can go read that and do the, the research so that you know how he did that. I can uh, give you just a quick example of that from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. You can say, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You can declare that out loud any time that the enemy is coming at you or the devil is running his mouth at you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 reads, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Another example that you might could use, for example, might be that you can say, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And that comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And number eight is you must make godly choices. Now that you have been set free, you cannot relax. You must keep up your guard because it's easy to slide back into sin and the enemy knows it. Don't compromise on what you know is wrong. Remember, you have a choice and your choices determine your outcome. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now that I have given you these eight keys that I learned, I also want to add to those some, th some considerations that I think maybe will help you as well. And these are some things that, that I have learned and, and read about in some other books. And the first one is I highly recommend seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For more information on that, I suggest that you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, particularly verse 11. These verses talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but verse 11 basically said that God gives the gifts as He wills. However, if you look down a little further at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says to desire the gifts. So my suggestion is to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and ask for the gift of speaking in tongues. If you are unfamiliar with it, I think I can summarize it this way. When you are praying in tongues, you don't know what you're saying, but neither do the demons. What you are speaking is a heavenly language that is like a direct line to God. It's basically like talking to God on a secured phone line. The advantage is that you can war in the Spirit using your heavenly prayer language and that the enemy doesn't know what you're saying. And it is a very, very powerful and effective weapon. I heard Everett Cox of Deliverance Ministry tell a story several times about a pastor who came in for deliverance. During the deliverance, a demon spoke to the pastor and stated that, this, that he stopped speaking in tongues for a few weeks and they said that they had a vacation. If you believe what they said, which I know that they are liars, but the point is, is why would they lie about saying that they had a vacation after he stopped speaking in tongues? So I think that that just speaks to the power behind using your prayer language. Number two is I highly recommend Christian counseling if you think that you need it, especially if you have been dealing with behavioral issues, and especially if you've been dealing with those for most of your life. It is my belief that a lot of behavioral issues are demonic, but I also believe that there's some that may be a result of abusing drugs or alcohol, and that some of it is just simply genetic. Whatever the case may be, I think counseling along with deliverance can bear much fruit in your life. The enemy has had many years of training you to behave ungodly, and sometimes learning how to behave godly may take some time. 
In other words, just getting free of demonic oppression may not be enough. You have to unlearn what the enemy taught you and learn things God's way. As you do, your behavior will begin to change, and after some time, you can look back and see drastic changes in your life for the better. And number three, always be prepared for God to reveal more things to you that you need to be delivered and healed of. It may be that you need uh, further deliverance as time goes on. As I had mentioned before, deliverance is like peeling back the layers of the onion. You may go up a level after deliverance and stay there for some time and then learn of other things that need work. And it may simply be crucifying your flesh. And that's something that you just have to work on on a consistent daily basis. But whatever God shows you, just remember that it never hurts to cast out a demon that isn't there or break a curse that isn't there. In my experience, this has all been very much trial and error, trying to distinguish between what is demonic influence and what is my flesh. But the point is, is don't be afraid to try. And if you try to cast out a demon that's not there, okay, well then that might be one sign that that just means that you need to crucify your flesh and that just requires effort and work on your part. Number four, put on the whole armor of God every day. And for this, you can read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 for the whole armor. I believe the armor works in two ways. One is your declaration that you are wearing the armor, and I can give you a quick example in just a moment. But the other is simply how you live your life. What I mean is think of a soldier in the armed forces. If they are casual and careless about their battlefield preparation, they will be less effective against the enemy. They practice preparation so much that it becomes second nature. I would say it's the same spiritually as well. So you must be prepared to live your life in walking in holiness and righteousness. As an example of, declar of a declaration prayer, you can say something like, In the name of Jesus, I put on the whole armor of God that I can stand against the wiles of the devil. I put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. I am girded about with a belt of truth, and I put on the sandals of the gospel of peace. I take up the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, and I take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Number five is I suggest praying and asking God to show you which relationships to keep and which ones to break. The people that you associate with can have a greater influence on you than you realize, and I have experienced that for myself. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And if those friends don't believe the same way you do, I highly suggest asking God about it. I'm not saying that you can't keep non-Christian friends in your life. But the point is, is that you must ask God and let Him show you. And there's always so much wisdom and so much peace whenever God shows you those things. And when you obey, then you can remove those influences from your life. Regarding your family, that is obviously more difficult to avoid. But still, seek God for wisdom on what to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Number six, break old habits that led to sin. It takes some time to break a habit, and you've probably heard the saying that it takes 21 days to break a habit. I don't know if that's necessarily true because every circumstance is different and every habit is different. I will say that the more self-control you apply, the easier it becomes. I used to love drinking sodas, especially when I was in college. 
I continued drinking sodas pretty much uh, daily for years after that. When I decided to make dietary changes a few years ago, I gave up drinking sodas consistently. Now, I usually only have sodas when I go out to eat, maybe once a week, maybe twice at most. And I know that drinking sodas isn't a sin, but the point is, is that you may have habits that have led to sin. And breaking those habits will make it much easier to avoid opening the door to the enemy. And last number seven is, I would suggest examining your home and possessions for things that can be an open door to the enemy. I talked about cursed objects in episode seven titled Curses Part Two. So I suggest asking the Holy Spirit to show you what things that you need to part ways with. Ask him to show you what to dispose of. Perhaps the things that you dispose of, you can burn them like they did in the book of Acts. But as most of us who live inside a city or town, you may not be able to burn them legally. So maybe you can destroy them in some other way. For example, maybe if it's papers, you can shred them. Maybe if it's ungodly music like CDs or something like that, maybe you can break them or, or whatever. But just ask God to show you how you should dispose of it and follow his leading on that. So in conclusion, maintaining your deliverance is vitally important. If you don't, the enemy can come right back in. In some cases, you may be worse off than you were before. We discussed eight keys to maintaining your deliverance that I learned while I was serving in deliverance ministries, and I also added seven additional considerations to that. This will be a daily battle, but with practice it becomes second nature. As you walk in continued victory, the Holy Spirit may show you more things that are holding you back, and you will now have the basic tools to learn how to fight. Well, this concludes the Deliverance Basic Series. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the previous episodes multiple times, especially if you are new to the topic of deliverance, and allow the Holy Spirit to prepare you for battle. And again, I want to reiterate to invest in a library of books that can help you with this, Christian books, that is. People who have written books about deliverance and about specific topics in deliverance. And I gave you some books that you can start with, but as God leads you further into this, he may show you or lead you to specific books that he wants you to buy. And this can be a great resource to learn because as these people have spent hours learning about these things and hours in the trenches helping other people, they have summarized it in their books. And it's again, that's a very safe place to be. I also recommend taking good notes and putting a binder or a notebook together with all the information that you have learned. I have one that I put together that I started years ago that has various information in it, prayers, uh, demon groupings, and it's just a basic deliverance manual that I, that I put together, and it has been extremely helpful, and I have used that along with my library of books to help put these podcasts together. Last, I think the subsequent shows after this Deliverance Basics series probably will be about more specific topics on deliverance. And I don't know what those may be. It will be as God leads, but perhaps maybe it might be, for example, maybe I might do a show about anger or another show might be about lust or abuse or whatever it may be. Uh, Or perhaps maybe it might just be an encouraging word study. You know, deliverance isn't just about going in and doing battle. 
There's other things that you need to know, too, about maintaining your relationship with God, worshiping, and, you know, those kinds of things. So I will have to prayerfully discern what God wants me to do. So I hope that these shows have been a blessing to you. If you have any comments or questions, you can post them at www.libertyfromcaptivity.com in the blog section. Also, if you want to contact me directly, feel free to send me a message in the contact section on my website or send me an email at kelly at libertyfromcaptivity.com. Okay, have a great rest of the week and God bless you. So desperately need